Welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine, with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of Modern Horse Training, A Constructional Guide to Becoming Your Horse's Best Friend, and many other books and DVDs about clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. In this particular conversation, Dominique and I took turns picking the topics we wanted to discuss. So last week in part one, Dominique got us started with a conversation about the awareness explorations that are part of my teaching. Related to that was a discussion of a multiple mat lesson and what bend means. After that, it was my turn. I ended part one by saying that I had a fun announcement to make, but I was going to make you wait until the next time to let you know what it was. So I have a surprise for you. And it was certainly a surprise for Dominique. She was not expecting what I was going to be sharing. And I wonder if, starting out, if any of you are going to guess what it is. I've been keeping it under wraps because I do enjoy surprises fun surprises. So to set the scene, I'm going to begin with a quote. It's a very long quote, so you need to be patient. And, I'm, and I may stumble over a couple of words because it's, it's not typed, it's, in, it's handwritten. And we'll see if, as I'm reading this, if you have any clue who wrote it. So we'll see. Okay. So You know, I think the joy of getting into a strange country in a book, at home when I have shut my door and the town is in bed, and I know that nothing, not even the dawn, can disturb me in my curtains, only the slow crumbling of the coals at the fire. They get so red and throw such splendid glimmerings on the hypnos and the brasswork. And it is lovely, too, after you have been wandering for hours in the forest with Percival or with Sagamore to open the door and from over the churwell to look out at the sun glowering through the valley mist. Why does one not like the things if there are other people about? Why cannot one make one's books alive except in the night after hours of straining? And you know, they have to be your own books too. And you have to read them more than once. I think that they take on something of your personality and your environment also. You know, a secondhand book sometimes is so much more flesh and blood than a new one. And it is almost terrible to think that your ideas, yourself in your books, may be giving life to generations of readers after you are forgotten. It is that especially which makes one need good books, books that will be worthy of what you are going to put into them. What would you think of a great sculptor who flung away his gifts on moldering clay or sand? Imagination should be put into the most precious caskets. And that is why one can only live in the future or in the past, in utopia or in the wood beyond the world. If you can get the right book at the right time, you taste joys, not only bodily, physical, but spiritual also which pass one out and above and beyond oneself, as it were through a huge air following the light of another man's thought. 
and you can never be quite the old self again. You have forgotten a little bit, or rather pushed it out with a little of the inspiration of what is immortal in someone who has gone before you. you have any clue who wrote that? Mm. Won't get it. <laughs> It'll be interesting if anyone listening to this knows who wrote that. That was written by T.E. Lawrence. Oh. Most people know T.E. Lawrence as Lawrence of Arabia. And this was one of the letters that he wrote to his mother in 1910 when he was in Arabia. And mm. I've always loved that passage because I've always loved books. Yes. I yes. Know. Yeah. And I'm not surprised that you like this. Yes. That, that resonates with me. And books, I think, are really important. And they have, they have a powerful influence on our lives. So, for example, when we talk about the horse training and I talk about the three layers that are part of horse training, and we begin with your core ethics and and then move to principles and then to methods. And I will say to people you know, that I am unashamedly sentimental when it comes to horses. And the best way to describe my core ethics was that I read Black Beauty when I was little and I cried when Ginger died. Mm. And the fact that I describe, you know, I begin my introduction to clicker training and my work by talking about a children's book, Black Beauty, is significant. And you think about some of the books that, that you read as a child and how much they influenced how you think about the world, how you feel about the empathy that you have for animals, for example. So, you know, can you think for yourself, what would have been some of the core books that you read as a child? What comes to mind? Hmm. I don't know, I guess. But you'll ask me what core values were in there. and I No, don't... no, I, I'm not asking that. Oh, and of course, some of the... Some the elephant... <laughs> remember that one what was it okay it was like flying elephant because <laughs> black beauty is something you would have encountered a little bit later was it because it was a it was a real book it wasn't oh a, yeah it was absolutely a real book so it was, i'm not ta- i'm not talking about the movie i'm talking about the book yeah. uh, which i would have read around 10 years old maybe. no i would have encountered black beauty probably when i was seven seven or eight okay and when I was three, I was read the C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe for the first time. And that was hugely influential in my life at three. And, at three. and I had The Hobbit at four. And C.S. Lewis once wrote that when he was a child, he read children's books in secret and in private. And as an adult, he read them openly and with pleasure. And so I feel when I talk about children's books that I am in very good company with C.S. Lewis. And that children's books can have a major influence on how we are as people. So with the horsework that I've been doing, you know, it's it's about in part influencing how people view horses, that you know, we want people to see horses as these 
intelligent beings with this rich emotional life. And many, 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 many people who come to clicker training find clicker training because that resonates with them. That's mm-hmm. something they know. And they may have known it as a child, but growing up, it was sort of beaten out of them. And to have, have somebody saying out loud, horses are intelligent beings with rich emotional lives. It's like, yes, <laughs> yes, I, I remember that. I remember that. I'm remembering it. And so that's important. And so if somebody were to ask me, you know, so what's your hobby? Part of my answer is I don't have time for hobbies. I, I have time for my passion, which is clicker training and horses. But I do have a hobby, and that's writing children's books. And I've written children's books forever because the kinds of children's books that I like, there were never enough of them. And I love your expression on your face when, you, when I said that. I don't know, you're going to announce to me that you're writing a children's book. No, I'm going to announce to you that I'm about to publish. publish. Right, so I have a a stack of... You never cease to amaze me, (laughs) never. You come up with all these. I mean, it's not a little thing. Anyway, go ahead. So you're publishing a children's book. Yeah, so actually it'll be in the plural, but... You have to start with the first one. So, so right. So the first one, I, who knows? I may have already announced its publication when put this podcast out, or I may still be waiting, letting people wait for the publication because I'm right on the brink of deciding when to publish it. But yes, so you know, I've written so much about the horses and the horse training that it's time to expand a little bit because. You know, as T. Lawrence said, you know, you read the right book at the right time and you're never quite the same person afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, I had I had The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe at just the perfect time. And it absolutely influenced who I am and why I have done the work that I do with the horses today. And so I, I have just a, a strong love of children's books. And and of course, I write the kind of books that I would have wanted to read as a child. And in 2020, we had a terrific storm that brought a tree down on my house. I remember. Yeah. And it did considerable damage to the inside of the house. And I had some cleanup to do. And I uncovered part of that. I found a manuscript that my mother had written. And, and I've known, you know, I've read this story at various times, but I probably hadn't looked at this manuscript for, I don't know, 15 years or so. So I reread it. And it's, it's not a completed story. It's just a partial story, the beginnings of it, but it introduced a character that I've always known about, two characters, actually. And they apparently were ready to have their story told because I started writing. And I wrote the first book and then was having such fun, I wrote the second one. And then I had midway through the third one and life got busy. And then the Modern Horse Training Project came up. And so those children's books were put on the, on the shelf, as it were. But while I was looking at them, and in part because I had to clean up this room that had had the tree fall on it, 
I pulled out my stack of manuscripts and went through those as well. And and I really liked the stories. You know, some of them I haven't looked at in probably 30 years, and I like them. And so it's time that they saw the light of day again. And that's my announcement and my project. So I'm bringing out a series of books. The first series will be the Kenyan Bear books, which are in part, they're very magical, but the magic is real. And they are the most wonderful, wonderful illustrations. They were done by a good friend of mine. These were done originally in the 1980s. They're pen and ink drawings that are absolutely magical. And they're chapter books. So they are, they are for young readers. So they are designed to be read aloud as okay. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe would have been read aloud to me. They are designed to be read aloud, but they are also designed so that a young reader can enjoy them and fall in love with books. And I think falling in love with books is a is important in terms of having individuals who grow up to have empathy for others. And this planet needs a lot of empathy right now. That's something that we really need to value. So that's my I'm project. Assuming, I'm assuming some of the characters in there are animals. Well, they're all animals. There are, yeah, they're all animals. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, you, you can see it. People, people won't. This, this is sort of cheating, but I'll just show you some of my favorite pictures. See if on the computer screen if you can see that. This. You see that? Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Very pretty. Really. Very charming. Very. Totally charming. Because one of the things that Mark and I did was we pulled out, he's a wonderful illustrator. He brought a stack of books that were illustrations that he really liked. And I had my stack of books from the children's books, so the kinds of illustrations that I liked. And it turned out we both liked the same things. And they are they what was what was popular at the time and is still popular is sort of the Walt Disney cartoon stylized characters. And these come from a different era. And I find them absolutely charming and magical and whimsical. So so those books when, will be the, when when and where will you publish those? I may publish them simultaneous with this podcast which would be kind of fun. Where? And people will be able to get them through my website, theclickercenter.com. You'll be able to get them through Amazon and they can find them through other booksellers as well. So they will be out as paperback and hardcover. I'm not doing an ebook. I tried to design an ebook and I just wasn't happy with it because I can't say to people, you can have this ebook, but you have to only look at it on this platform. And how a page looks is going to be different on an iPhone versus an, you know, an iPad versus. The illustrations a, are important. The illustrations are important. And the feel of a book is important. You know, that, that holding a book, especially when you're little, you know, 
growing up with books is important. Growing up as a reader is important. And the feel of a book in your hand is important. I've, I've put a lot of time and thought into the look of the page and the size of the book. The, the hardcover and the paperback are two different sizes because a hardcover feels different from a paperback. And, and that matters. So it's all part of, you know, it's part of balance. It's part of what we talk about with the horses, the feel of a horse, the feel of a book, they're all related. So it's, I've always known that you like book, I know you like writing. And, you know, the book from your childhood come up pretty regularly when you talk, yeah. especially when you talk about ethics and values. Yeah. But I can't wait because this is like <laughs> a side of you that we'll be able to access that we haven't known. That's right. So even, That's even right. Though, you know, you've, you've talked a little bit about your love of book and all that, but this is like some, something completely, another part of you. Yes. Yeah, yeah so that's sort of kept... your, I don't know, we'll see, we'll read yeah. them and we can, we can right. talk to so them. We talk about how productive you are. It's amazing. You just published a, a training book. You have all these sessions going on, the Clicker Expo, you're giving conferences and now you're doing children's book. Yeah, why not? Auto publishing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you. You, you don't want to sit there twiddling your thumbs. Obviously. So, you know, we, we, have, we talk a lot about the science behind training. And now we're going to, you know, we're looking at the magic that's part yeah. of training. Einstein was a, an artist too. Yeah. And that when you get into the deeper levels, that the, the difference between science and magic become indistinguishable. I think that's one of those quotes that, comes from physics and there's a lot of truth to that so yeah so it's it's going to fun to share big news yes yes you have a way of launching these bombs <laughs> well that's all that's always I, know, I can't believe i started with my little questions <laughs> you're sitting on this bomb <laughs> they weren't little questions they were big questions and they actually provided you know everything is connected to everything else you gave me the perfect intro mm -hmm. to talk about the children's books. That's the magic of all of this. You gave me the perfect intro. I could not have asked for a better one. And and it's, you know, and it is very much the way I like to work is is I, you know, I I, I love surprises and I like to work on something just off in my own little corner and then when it's ready, I say, here it is. And I think that's yeah, I know. You're not much more fun. You're not the person who says, I will be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. You say, well, I have done this. You know, <laughs> it's taken me two years, but it's it's done. And no one yeah. ever heard of it. Yes. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's how I tend to do projects. And not so, a lot of useless talk. That's right. That's right. Action. Um, yeah. Loose lips sink ships or whatever it is. I would have I would have been good at at keeping the ships afloat. So so it's a lot of fun. It's gonna be interesting to share the children's books and and I definitely hope that people enjoy them. And so I'll 
think I will, we can end at this point and I'll put the, you know, the, here's the first one and this is its title and this is where you can find it. And we'll, we'll let people enjoy them. And I think people will enjoy them as stories, you know, never mind who wrote them. I mean, many people will be curious. It's like, oh, I have to see what this is about. But they are really great for sharing with children. So from, you know, three and four-year-olds up through whatever age where they they still... Now you, now you have to translate them so I can read them to the children in my life. Well, you will have to translate them. Yeah, I would love that. Oh, you could do that. That would be great. You and have the French version. <laughs> good news is I'm not going to make you wait for the books. You can order the first one now. So go to my website or go to Amazon to find it. The title is easy to remember. It's called Teddy's to the Rescue. It was originally published in 1986, which means that it's definitely time that it was reissued. I've been writing a series of blog articles about Teddy's to the Rescue. So if you want to learn more about the story, how it came to be written in the first place, in other words, the story behind the story, go to my blog at theclickercenterblog.com. And to order the book, it is available as a hardcover and as a paperback. They are different sizes. And as I said in the episode, hardcovers and paperbacks, they, they feel different. So they needed to be different sizes. And so, of course, you're going to want to have at least one of each to keep and to share with the children in your life. If you are ordering the book from outside the U.S., I recommend that you use Amazon to avoid the international shipping charges. And as always, when you order from Amazon, do please leave a five-star review. Reviews on Amazon help others to find the book. And speaking of reviews... Let me read you some of the reviews that people shared when Teddy's to the Rescue was originally published back in 1986. So this is from somebody from upstate New York. My eight-year-old son keeps your book by his bed, along with two or three other toy treasures. He looks again and again at it with his younger brother. We've read it a million times, and he always knows if it's been moved for dusting his table. I believe it's that book we all had as children that we'll always remember. And this, this review came from Virginia. My family loves Teddy's to the rescue. A big favorite with Lewis, who is four, and has learned to love the word chapter since spending time with Teddy's. He is now only interested in books that have chapters. And this one is again from New York. This one is actually a review that came in after I published the second book in the Kenyan Bear series, but it really gives you a flavor for how people responded to these, to these stories. Emma, age six, and I snuggled down one evening with Edgar, the bear who wanted to be real, and read it straight through. When we finished, we felt wonderful and thought it was a very special and important thing that Edgar learned. Thank you for sharing. And this one is from California. My son is 18 and has a reading difficulty, though he does well in other areas. He liked Teddy's to the rescue so well, I bought him the second one. He ordinarily does not like books, 
but these are the first ones he liked and in fact discussed with me. He wants to know when there will be another. And I suspect I'm going to be getting emails from many of you who are going to be saying, when's the next one coming out? So we're going to start with Teddy's to the Rescue, and then we'll see where we go from there. Teddy's to the Rescue is the first in a series of the Kenyan Bear books. So again, you can order the books from my website and from Amazon and from other online booksellers, and you can ask for them also at your local bookstore. They should be able to get them for you. And while you're enjoying Teddy's to the Rescue, I will be getting the second book in the series ready for publication. I'm very much looking forward to hearing what people think of the new book. Your good reviews are always reinforcing, and they will encourage me to continue on and to produce the other books in the series. So enjoy, and as always, train well, and have fun with your horses. Thank you.